Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I have got Coach Tim Shields with me. Coach Shields has spent the last three years as the tight ends fullbacks coach at University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. Currently, he's serving as the Director of Football Operations and Recruiting Coordinator as well. Prior to that, Coach Shields spent three years at Wash U in St. Louis as a defensive line coach and had coaching stops at Illinois College, Waldorf University, and began coaching at Lansing Eastern High School. Uh, Coach Shields, welcome. How are you doing? Tony, how are we doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I know, I know you're busy with your, own, um, with your own quarantine endeavor. We'll talk a little bit about that towards the end. But, um, you know, first things first, uh, I got to ask you, former Blue Boy, what is your, uh, what's your favorite Illinois college football memory? Ooh. Uh, you know, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, you know, I, we were, I guess, semi-successful there, a couple six and four seasons. Um, you know, my first game against um, Blackburn, uh, I think, you know, Pete Jennings threw for like four touchdowns in the first 10 minutes of that game. That was a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, I, you know, honestly, it's crazy to say this, but I think my favorite memory is actually a loss. Um, we went to Monmouth, um, the second last game of my career there. Um, we were there. Pete was hurt. Um, you know, Pete Jennings, who has been on your show already, he was our our starting quarterback for four years during my time there. And, you know, we went in there with uh, Joe Reed, at quarterback who was a, you know, converted wide receiver at that point. And Monmouth was on their way to, I think, winning – whatever, the third conference championship. Right. Uh, we took those guys to overtime. And it was always fun playing those guys. Um, um, you know, I played left tackle, and uh, they always seemed to have, like, a, a top ten pass rusher in the <laughs> sacks. Somehow they just grew them on trees at that yeah. point. Um, but I remember uh, competing really hard in that game, and we came up short, and I was, I was a little bit emotional as I was walking off the field because it, it – it occurred to me that that was this, you know, I was running out of time and I don't think, right. I don't, I, I think, you know, I thought about that, but um, it didn't really hit me until, you know, I was walking off the field there and, you know, I was like, man, that, that competition was so thrilling. And uh, I don't think you can replicate that right. when, when you're there with, you know, 70, 70 of your teammates on the road uh, playing the eventual conference champs and, um, it just, man, I was, I knew the competition. I was never going to experience that again. And, 
it sort of hit me right then as I was walking off the field. And that's something I think that that memory, um, albeit, a, you know, a loss is something that's always stayed with me. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of funny how sometimes the losses do stick with you more than the wins. And, and that's, I, I know that's, uh, that's the case for, for me a lot of times too. So, um, you know, changing gears here a little bit, you, you've been a part of, of three seasons at Wisconsin Whitewater now and three seasons at Wash U before that. So, so obviously some great teams. And like you said, some great teams at Illinois College too. Um, how important was the offensive line to the success of those teams? Yeah, I think the offensive line, you know, I played that position, you played that position. It's really the heartbeat right. uh, of, of any team, uh, especially a successful team. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate here at Whitewater um, to, to have some of the best, you know, in my opinion, some of the best lines in the country. And uh, obviously Nate Truon was a Remington Award winner. And, you know, I think Quinn Miners, is, who's a rising senior for us, has a legitimate shot to, to be in an NFL camp next year. Um, or I should say the following year. Um, right. And, and I don't think, you know, I think what separates us, you know, honestly, and this is not a shot at our skill position at all or our quarterbacks or any of that, but, you know, our offensive and defensive lines at Whitewater, I think uh, really, uh, and even historically have, have separated us from, from the rest of the division three level. And it has been a huge, uh, huge part in the success they've had uh, previously and, and now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you watch and, and it, it's, I've, I've talked a couple about this a couple of times, but very rarely will you see a great team with a, a below average offensive line. It, it happens, but it's not the, the rule at all. So, um, so yeah, you know, the, the, certainly the exception to the rule. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that kind of baffles me and blows my mind about you is that you're, you know, when you first started coaching, um, you were actually in law school. Um, how, you know, I've always wondered how, how did you handle that, you know, coaching? Because coaching, let's be honest, if, if you're going to be a successful coach, it's going to take up some time. It, it, you can't just devote an hour a day to it, you know, at practice. So it's going to take up some time. So how did you handle coaching while, <laughs> while in law school? Yeah, uh, definitely a unique situation. And um, one that I was fortunate to sort of walk into, I, um, I was really missing football my first year. I, you know, I remember the first Saturday not playing, you know, I see was playing Milliken and I was in Lansing, Michigan. And I had at about 4.30 in the morning woke up and was contemplating driving down just because I was so anxious about not right. on Saturday. And, and so I did the normal, I guess, I, I guess it's normal. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I competed, you know, at the intramural level and um, I was a guy all of a sudden that was showing up an hour before my game to see if someone would allow me to play on their, another team. And <laughs> there was a void uh, in my life. And, you know, I think, you know, I already mentioned it, just the competition in the team building and the camaraderie that comes with being on a team. Um, I was missing that. And, uh, you know, law school was super competitive and, uh, that was certainly a, one of the toughest challenges in my life. But, uh, you know, I just think there's something about uh, being a part of a team, having a goal, have, having obstacles in front of you and accomplishing things together. And so somebody I met from IM, um, you know, from playing IMs, 
went to law school with me. I, I saw him in the library one day, and he was a Division three guy. He was at Franklin University mm-hmm. or Franklin College. Um, and, and so we had talked previously about our D3 background. And he showed up in a coaching uh, jacket one day from a local high school. And I just said, I'm like, you know, hey, what's, you know, what's that about? And, he's, you know, he was at the time – the offensive line coach and I, you know, I told him, yeah, hey, I'd be interested in, in coaching and helping out. And, uh, you know, I was afforded an opportunity. I think I started as the freshman line coach and within, uh, you know, a month I was the varsity linebackers coach and special teams coordinator. And uh, for me, it was um, it's just no, no different than now or, or being a student athlete in college, you just got to prioritize your time. Right. Uh, you know, I, you know, unfortunately, I, or fortunately, I guess for me, um, you know, we, you you play games in, on Friday nights in high, in, in high school, and um, that that sort of helped me save a little bit of money uh, from not going out on Friday nights right. and, uh, during my second and third year of law school. But um, you know, my friends kind of razzed me about it. My my buddies in law school would razz me about it, but I think they could see the the passion I had, and um, you know, preparing to be a you know a, a, a a law student is, is difficult to, to be to be able to, you know, be invested in a football program at the same time. It uh, certainly did present challenges, but it really just meant for me I had to be a little bit more organized in the front half of my semester than I was used to. Um, it meant that, you know, I didn't get to every social outing uh, with my friends. It meant, you know, sometimes it meant a little bit less uh, time for Madden 2009 or 10 <laughs> at that point. Right. But but I was able to make do just because I was, you know, I was passionate about both, being successful at both. And um, when you're when you're passionate about things like that, you're going to find a way. And for me, it was just about being organized, being disciplined, and um, you know, some of this, the same traits that I think make any coach successful. Um, right. High school, college, or, or professionally. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I I would imagine that all of those – organizational skills that you that you practice and that you learned at that time you're still putting forth today and in, in, in everything you're doing with uh at whitewater so oh no doubt i think you know people hear laws law school and in, in in my bio or you know my background and i'm sure that's gonna i'm certainly it's gonna follow me for the rest of my career right it's gonna be something that comes up and right when you hear that you think you know burnt out or you know whatever uh it really wasn't for me and um, you know, I think there's definitely some crossover. You know, law school, like I said, is is super competitive, and um, I think it really prepared me uh, to manage the details. It prepared me to be disciplined and organized. Uh, helped me pre- prepare me from a honestly a, from a mental and emotional standpoint as well. Uh, mm-hmm. to be prepared for you know a 15 week grind of a season uh, like this one this year. It ultimately saw us you know competing in a national championship game. Um, right. I'll tell you this. You know. The bar, you know, sitting for the bar exam uh, in 2011 was still the toughest thing I've ever done. So, you know, going to the Stag Bowl this year, you know, you know, my nerves were were much higher preparing for the bar exam than <laughs> was for the Stag Bowl. Um, I can for, imagine, for better or for worse, I suppose. Right. You know, kind of talking about that, talking about the success you guys have had. You've you've kind of got the luxury of of working for two of some of the best programs in division three with, with Washington university, you know, obviously coaching the D line there and, and now at university of Wisconsin, Whitewater uh, talk a little bit, you know, talk, touch a little bit about the, the culture at Wash U, but, but really I want to hear about the culture right now at, at Whitewater and kind of 
how you guys handle things, your process there, and 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 just some advice you might have for for some young coaches kind of jumping in the game. Yeah, yeah. I've been you know super fortunate. Uh, when I get to watch you, you know they're the I think they're the thirteenth ranked. Uh, school in the country by U.S. News and World Reports. Uh, it's an elite academic school. Um, both both institutions are very good schools. Um, when I think of Division Three athletics, those are two of the best you can work for, in my opinion. Um, you look at where they finish in the Directors' Cup each year uh, right. uh, for the last decade, two decades, honestly. Uh, it's really impressive. Um, as far as the culture goes, I don't think they're dramatically different. Um, you know, I think, you know, the kid, the, the kid at WashU, there's a little bit more doctors and engineers uh, walking around that place. Those guys are, um, you know, extremely intelligent, high ACT scores. But um, some of the thing, same things that make them successful make us successful here, and that's being – uh, really focused uh, daily on our process, and our process really is our 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 our, our rhythm that keeps us focused on our daily improvement and our daily ex- excellence. And here at Whitewater, you know, Coach Bullis is um, really try to get these guys to get one percent better um, every single day from a from a student athlete standpoint, be 1% better socially, be 1% better as a son, a friend, uh, maybe a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really focus on that. You know, it's, a, it's, I'm just, I'm reading a book right now. Uh, it takes what it takes and it talks about uh, neutral thinking. And I think we really uh, epitomize what, what it means to be neutral thinking. And um, you know, I don't, I don't know that, you know, I, I can give you a, you know, a secret formula to, what our culture is, I, you know, I know culture is like a big buzzword today in coaching. I certainly I'm doing a video series that revolves around it, right. To try to figure out and get answers to, to, to some of these things. But I think ultimately culture, you know, is a set of behaviors that hold people accountable uh, to standards that you set. And um, in order to do that, um, I think you need to have great leadership um, both at the top and, as coaches and, and, and amongst your players. And it's really the, the it comes down to people. And right. I think both programs have great people uh, at the top. You know, I, Larry Kimbaum is a mentor to me. I, you know, I, I left that, that program, um, you know, after three years for Whitewater and, and, and we were playing Wash U that, that following year. So that wasn't the easiest situation for me because I, you know, I'm leaving for a team that's on the schedule, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, Larry was so amazing at that point and uh, so encouraging and still is to this day. And uh, one of the best people uh, in college football and certainly one of the best people in my life. Um, and then in the three years I've been here at um, Whitewater, Kevin Bulls has, has been outstanding. And I think I've grown as a, as a coach and he's allowed me to, to grow as a coach. He's empowered me to grow as a coach and, um, it's been really uh, phenomenal uh, from that standpoint. And, you know, I, I would say ultimately both places are successful because the people they're bringing into the program and uh, both both places have just – they do a great job in the recruiting process right. of bringing in the best student-athlete um, possible. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of 
understanding recruiting a little bit better now being being getting done my first year with with in college football and, and getting through the recruiting process schools like that kind of recruit themselves you know they people know about the obviously academic and athletic success that wash you and whitewater have and, and that's people seek that out where you know you're not having to kind of scour the internet and scour all all kinds of recruit lists people know about them and people find those 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 places yeah the the brands at both those places have sort of built themselves um yeah um over over time and you know i it, it's it's been fun for me um because i you know both places allowed me to um recruit on a national scale um both places allowed probably open doors for me as far as professional development um be it the nfl or be it you know power five connection um that maybe i wouldn't have otherwise and from that standpoint it's been been awesome yeah you kind of touched on a little bit but i gotta ask about it talk to me a bit about quarantine with coaches um you you kind of you kind of got this ball rolling and and uh and started to to talk to some of your coaching friends and interview them but but what what kind of sprung that on in your brain to to start doing that idea yeah it was it's sort of twofold one the first thing was you know i go to a lot of clinics and you hear from you know you hear from guys that are going to drive uh numbers uh in attendance at a clinic right and I don't think, uh, you know, guys get platforms maybe sometimes that they deserve. Um, so some, some of it has been, man, I really want to give a platform to a guy like Tony Schiffman and, and Brady Gravold and, and uh, Connor Sanger, you know, who's just got to North Dakota State. Right. Nick Pashik, who I think is, is, is a phenomenal young coach and, and a great OC right now at UW Stout. Um, so get, giving guys platforms, I think, was part of my goal. Um, and then the other piece is, you know, I, I was two days into quarantine and, um, I was, I, I must've been on, you know, hour six, uh, that day listening to someone talk about, you know, power, um, and we run power <laughs> a certain way at Whitewater, you know, we're not going to change. And it's not that I'm against learning. I'm, I'm absolutely for it. And I think it's, you know, if you talk about advice for coaches, learn from everybody, you know, that's mm-hmm. one, one of the things that, that I, that I've really, uh, learned uh, maybe the hard way in my career, but um, you know, we're not going to run, we're not going to change how we run power. So it's not that it was fruitless uh, endeavor by listening to, you know, essentially 12 hours of clinic talks at that point. But right. um, something I've been doing here since actually, since, you know, um, Larry Kinbaum put me on the book mindset by Carol Dweck. And if you're listening, that's a great book to read about growth mindset and growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And, um, you know, I've really looked in the last two, three years uh, about the mental side of football. You know, if you really break down a game, um, you know, each snap, let's say, is an average of six seconds or 60 plays in the game. So, yeah, stance and starts and striking and all those techniques and schemes are important, but there's certainly a lot uh, that goes into the game uh, and performance outside of stance and start and striking, right? There, you think about the off season and, and really what I wanted to do was I, it's been my goal for a while now to, to learn about culture and, and what it, what it is to sustain success. I think that's the hardest thing to do in football. And uh, fortunately I'm in a place right now that's sustained it for a while. Mm-hmm. So I get a firsthand look at that, but um, sustain success, build a you know, successful winning culture and, 
cultivate leaderships and, 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 you know, those are things that I don't think you get at clinic talks. And I didn't feel like I was, um, I was seeing a, a ton of it, um, online. So, uh, at some point I just decided, you know, I want to, I want to do, I want to create my own content and I want to ask the questions I want to ask. And, um, it's been a phenomenal series, you know, it, besides the, f- the fact of, you know, that, you know, three Mac head coaches are going to be on with me by the end of next week. Right. Um, I'm getting to meet great people, but I, I'm getting to, I, I'm getting coaches to share ideas for coaches. And I think that's been a really rewarding experience for me. And I hope, like I said, I hope guys are getting something out of it. I, I do think, um, you know, based on the feedback I've got um, that people are, but the you know, quarantine with coaches is a, is a hashtag on, uh, on Twitter right now. It's a video series on YouTube. Uh, I think we've done 18 videos to date and we've had, you know, like I said, Eastern Michigan head coach, Chris Creighton today was Thomas Hammock, uh, head coach in Northern Illinois. And we've had just a great list of coaches that range from, you know, D three position coach to, you know, Mac head coach and right. we keep building on that. And, uh, but I think there's a lot of knowledge being shared about culture and leadership and professional development. And those are three topics I think that, like I said, you don't get a ton uh, at when you go to a clinic. And so hopefully uh, we've created a little bit of content that can fill the void on, on those topics. Uh, well, you definitely have. I've been watching them all. So they're, you're, you're, you're doing a phenomenal job. And I, I, I can't wait to watch the, you know, each one that comes out. So um, coach, last question I've got for you. And, and, uh, this one is kind of the one that's been stumping some people. Uh, but I, I want you to, to pick kind of your Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen. And, and it can be guys you played with. It can be guys you've coached. Um, it can be guys you're just a, a fan of. But, but who were your five guys on that O-line Mount Rushmore? Yeah, uh, I'll go with guys that I've, I've just been a fan of. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and shout out to Joe Herrini because, you know, he's one of the- <laughs> He's going to listen to this and, you know, he's whatever. I, Joe is a big brother to me. He's one of the best guys I ever played with and I learned a lot from him. And if, if I was creating a list of guys I played with, he'd be on it for yeah. sure. I just want to get that out there. Joe. Was that a, was that a, uh, was that a shot at, at Pete Jennings by the way? Oh uh, yeah. Man, maybe a little Pete bit. forgot him. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, but I <laughs> uh, just want to shout out Joe Horani. I love, I love big, big bro. And uh, you know, he's a, a DGN uh, head coach and he's a great, he's a great football mind and, Great football coach, but um, I would I would start with Orlando Pace. Uh, you know, I am a St. Louis native. I it's a homer pick, sure. Um, I will say this: in 1995, uh, I was I think nine years old at that point in the fall of '95. Yeah, the math adds up. Uh, Ohio State played Notre Dame, and I that was my first introduction to Orlando Pace and what a pancake block was. And they put him in the I don't know if they did that game, but the, in the weeks prior, they put him in the backfield, and I just became infatuated with him. And yeah. I remember when I, the next couple pickup football games, I would knock somebody over and I would yell "pancake." <laughs> um, so he'd be he'd be the guy for me at left tackle. Um, tackle spot, I think, is the hardest. Yeah. You know, because you know, I you've just seen so many great ones, and and just in my time of watching. Yes. I would say across from him, this was tough for me because. Joe Thomas is just so phenomenal and maybe the best of all time. Um, but I really was a big fan of Jonathan Ogden as well. Yeah. So I'd go pace and Ogden. And like I said, it's really tough because uh, Joe Thomas has been just a staple of 
what a tackle should be. Um, inside, um, Larry Allen, you know, just a freak athlete, just so massive and yeah. such a good athlete. Um, he's tremendous, and I loved watching those uh, mid ninety Cowboys teams. And I was a Cowboys fan uh, before the NFL came to St. Louis, and so I was a big, you know, I had the Cowboys starter jacket, and I was him and Nate Newton uh, and Daryl Johnson were, were three of my favorite players. Yep. I guess that's how you know you're an offensive line guy. <laughs> when you love the guards and fullbacks? Yeah, guards and fullbacks are my favorite <laughs> players, over, you know, over Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, and Michael <laughs> Irvin. Um, Bruce Matthews uh, has to be on the list for me. He's so versatile. Mm-hmm. Play all five positions. And, um, I, you know, such a – maybe he's not the best center of all time, but, uh, you know, the versatility and the – the uh, duration of his career, I think yeah. I put him in that group. And then last guy, uh, right guard, it, that'd be tough. I, the, the two guys I really like watching now are both Notre Dame guys, and I'm a Notre Dame fan, uh, Zach Martin and uh, Quentin Nelson. Yeah, uh, They're both – I would probably just lean Quentin just because of the physicality um, and just the explosiveness. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, so pace – we're going to go pace – uh, Larry Allen, Bruce Matthews, uh, Quentin Nelson, and Jonathan Ogden. I feel good about that group. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that group too. That's uh, that's uh, you're not getting you're not getting many pressures on that group, and you're uh, you're running for a lot of yards. So that's, yeah, that's we're going to go good. Mike Martz at OC too. Oh boy, and throwing it, throwing we're gonna, the. We're going to sling that rock. There you go. Um, all right, Coach. Well, uh, before you get out of here, go ahead and uh, drop your Twitter handle and and uh, any information you want these guys listening to, uh, to know about. Yeah, you can follow me at uh, Coach T Shields on Twitter. And if uh, you're looking for quarantine with coaches, it's just hashtag quarantined with coaches. And again, you can find that on YouTube as well. And uh, Tony, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. I'll say this I appreciate all the things you're doing for the game. Uh, you know, I look at guys like you that are, are moving this game uh, forward in a time that I think people need to be focused on that. And um, you've provided the platform for, I think, thousands of coaches. Uh, and it's just been awesome to see every Monday night with the Hog Football Chat, um, you know, guys sharing ideas uh, from all ends uh, of the, the spectrum. It's really been awesome. And I, I think you should be congratulated on that. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And, and you know, keep doing the great things you're doing with Quarantine with Coaches and uh, at Whitewater. And Hopefully real soon we'll be able to sit down in person and, uh, and talk some more football. But, uh, uh, you know, until then, be safe and, um, and stay healthy. Yeah, I'll do my best. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. We'll see you. Thanks again for everyone listening. And remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast.